This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone, my name is Arina Aiza and thank you for tuning in on RFM for my podcast, The Arenality. So The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging and well-being in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Stella, a Bosnian mother raising third culture kids in New Zealand and has a blog about choosing the easy way in life through productivity and personal development. Kia ora, Stella. Kiora, uh, how are you today? Good, good. Yeah. Very happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. How long have we known each other? Um, I would say about five months, four or five months. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I went to the the Nida Multi Ethnic Council Chai and Chat. So that's a women's group, um, that's right. which we meet every Tuesday. Yeah, and it was such a lovely experience meeting you the first time and. Till now, and look at us today. Yes, yeah. Yes. And I, I actually listened to your show before uh, because I'm, I'm pretty new to New Zealand. So I was researching uh, everything about Dunedin mm-hmm. and um, uh, meeting people in Dunedin, and uh, and and I came uh, or stumbled across your show here, and I really liked it. So I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Thank yes. you, and I'm happy to be having you here today. Um, so would you mind introducing yourself? Yes, um, my name is Stella. Uh, I'm from Bosnia and Herzegovina, and um, I came here in um, November last year, so November 2020, with my Kiwi husband and our two kids. Hmm. And uh, we are here in Dunedin at the moment. Okay, yes. yeah. And you mentioned about Bosnia. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, it's a country that, well, I was kind of. I was born in one country, and then uh, it became, it split apart. So I was born in a country called Yugoslavia, or that was called Yugoslavia, now called ex-Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. and um, and in Bosnia and Herzegovina. So my country is Bosnia and Herzegovina, and um, it's uh, in the Balkans, um, Mediterranean. People sometimes, um, in, the, in a little town called Mostar, um, and people know that town because it has a famous old bridge. And what are the significant Bosnian values that you know about that you could share? Values. Um, well, we are very open, um, straightforward people. Mm. Uh, we we say what we mean, mm. and uh, and having lived internationally uh, for the mo- most of my adult life through my work, uh, I find that that was th- that's one value that stands out because we like to say things as they are, and that's not not always the best way to go. <laughs> so we, we kind of have to adjust and tone down our um, excitement mm. for, for just calling it out. Yeah. And sometimes um, saying it as it is helps in some situations, but some sometimes it doesn't. And <laughs> yes, not yeah. always. Yeah. Not always. It really depends on like where you are, the context, you know, the people you're talking with. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where communication breakdowns happen. Because um, I think I'm a very indirect communicator. Like I, I don't really tell people what, what I want. Like I tell them su- tell them subtly of what I want. But sometimes I don't get what I want, and I feel like heard about it. But 
you know. And and that's that's actually it, actually it's it's very uh, um, very interesting you you said that because I uh, I always say to people like sometimes when I in conversations even when I talk to my husband or I say just tell me exactly don't don't expect me to read between the lines <laughs> I'm not very good at it but um so, but you learn that you know it, as you said depending on where you are um, uh, in in some I've, I've lived internationally. Uh, through my work and and sometimes it is really just reading these subtle as you say these subtle differences that the people have and how they say things or express things and knowing what they actually meant with it yeah. it's um it, it's it is it is possible to learn. Mm, yeah. It is a life skill. It and is. It once is. you have that, you can work anywhere. You can exactly. live anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned that you work internationally. Can you tell us more about yes, that? Yes. Yes. Uh, I worked for United Nations um, uh, peacekeeping and um, uh, world food for program for a while. Um, so actually, for the past fifteen years, I was um, living in different countries with the UN, and that, that's how I met my um, New Zealand husband. I mean, he he also uh, worked with the UN. Mm-hmm. So we lived. Uh, uh, our last uh, job was in um, in the Middle East. Uh, we lived. Uh, we worked for United Nations um, mission in Iraq, and um, uh, I was mainly based in Kuwait. Uh, and uh, and so we our, our actually our children were born in Kuwait. Ooh. So um, and we really 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 loved living there. Uh, so uh, we. Eventually, came um, decided that, and, and this is this part where where I where I told you that I'm I'm, I'm quite passionate about uh, talking about raising bilingual children because uh, when my son was born, and we speak English at home because my husband only speaks English, uh, but when my son was born, I thought, oh, you know, if he doesn't speak Bosnian, uh, my mother tongue, <laughs> it's not going to be. I'm going to be really disappointed because then he won't be able to communicate with my mother, my my family. Yeah. He will never actually find a home in my country, even if it's a temporary home. Still, you um, and I mean you being bilingual as well. Mm. You know how important it is to know the language to actually know the culture of the people. Yeah. I mean, you can read about it, you can you can do all mm. these things, but 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 the, to go really deep, mm. you have to know the language of yeah. the people because it helps to connect with those people definitely. that's actually how you learn about culture definitely yeah. definitely and what language did they speak that time so when my son was born i immediately started like i'm speaking to him always exclusively in bosnian and my husband speaks in english and i'm i'm quite actually proud of myself because mm-hmm. i we lived in kuwait and i i uh, so arabic was Around and there were other languages. Kuwait is actually quite international, so you could hear all these languages uh, around, and everybody is sort of doing their own community, um, which which was really great for him to be exposed to different communities and languages, and 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 not and live in that environment where everything is okay, nothing is different. And I, I thought I always thought it was great, but um, so he embraced my language and is actually quite fluent. And at the moment, he's. He's sort of my language buddy, yeah. <laughs> so because uh, because he's he's very advanced. But uh, the the reason that is is not it wouldn't have lasted if it was only me speaking to him. We actually decided to leave the UN at at some point in 2018 and give our children opportunity to live in both our countries. Mm. So we went back to my country. Um, and and that's where he was able to go to school and really 
pick up the, the, the language, the subtleties of yeah. the language that I can't really teach him that you get through school, through a day-to-day interaction yeah. with people. Like grammar and all of that, you know? And, and you know, the slang, like language, ah. language is, a, is a living thing. Uh, it, it changes all the time. So now when you, when, when, you know, when you, when you speak a language and, and, but you leave the country, the language will live on. It will change. Yeah. So he, he might learn from me, but this living, uh, language is really only learned when you're immersed uh, right there. So, and when you're forced to speak, yes, it, yes, with your friends with, and school and um, everything. So, my daughter is younger. I'm, I'm not mentioning her. She's uh, <laughs> she's uh, almost five now, but she was younger at the time. Uh, but that was also good for for us to go there and to live there. And um, and even my husband tried to learn. <laughs> he took some classes, but it's a very different language from English. So uh, it's um, it's harder to learn, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And your children are third culture kids. Um, for someone who doesn't know what that term means, how would you define it? Okay. Uh, third cul- uh, th- this is really an interesting concept. I, I read a book a few years ago for my book club that I had, uh, that, that we, my friend and I ran in Kuwait. And um, and we read this book, but uh, it's children who are uh, who are born and live or lived <clears throat> in a country that's not that's not their either their parents' country or that's their own country of origin. So for my for my son, and I'm going to mention him because he's 11 now. Um, he was born in Kuwait. Um, Kuwait is ne- neither of our country, but he spent his kind of. I would say his defining years there, um, and and um, and and but he has he didn't have a, a country to identify with. We all like if you ask me, whenever you ask me who I am or what, what my identity or cultural identity is, mm-hmm. it's always going to be Bosnian because that was my where I grew up and that's where I uh, that's where where I will always. Um, I won't say home because this is home now as well, but mm. like it's it's always my place of belonging. But for mm. my children, uh, it might be. Uh, it, I was hoping that they'll they'll be able to have a place of belonging. Either it's it's that country or this country, or but then then uh, as this book clarifies, it, it, the third culture kids are kind of they're okay in every culture. They, they're they're just. They just move around and and, uh, and and they can find their place mm. through through these differences. Yeah, and I understand the worry you have. And I did read that culture kids will find a way somehow to feel belonging in. Uh, and it will be their choice. Yes. You know? Yeah, because they have that flexibility to choose. Yes. Which is very interesting. Yeah, It is. And I think it, it's the 21st century. I mean, we, we don't have to be in one place anymore, right? We can just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Despite COVID, we can actually be well, anywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Uh-huh. Here, I mean, having come and been through the, the, uh-huh. the managed isolation and having kind of exited into the world that was before COVID... I mean, I do worry about my family back home mm-hmm. and everybody, but we are so lucky here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. So yeah. you came to New Zealand and went through all the managed isolation. I did. And you're very new here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say uh, I am new here. I'm new living here, but um, I've been with my husband uh, for a long I mean, we were together for a very long time, and uh, we, we were coming here um, almost uh, yearly. 
for mm. to visit and and we had our house here we bought our house 11 years ago thinking oh maybe some days will someday we'll come and live here ah. maybe not um, so we, we kind of stationed here because his parents are here his uh, his family is here and this was this was the reason why we're here in Dunedin because there would be no point yeah. us being somewhere else yeah. in New Zealand yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so I, I I was visiting Dunedin quite ah. often yeah and it, it's um, and always liked it it's 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 quite a vibrant little city yeah yeah so uh, do you find any difference being a like someone who comes here occasionally and someone who's permanently living here now uh, yes. in Dunedin yes. Um, yes, of course, because uh, the the most important thing, and me being an ex- extroverted person, I uh, one of the most important things for mm-hmm. me coming to a new place is find my people. How do you meet people? I'm 44 years old. I'm not a student. I, uh, you know, you can. I mean, I have children, so you can meet people through through a school and stuff. But I kind of like to also find my community and, mm. and find um, people, you know, so, so I, um, so, so that's, uh, that's another thing I, I suppose that we all have to, to think about, like, how, how do we actually go out there and meet people? Because when I ca- came to visit, it didn't really matter because I was only here for a short time. Mm. You mentioned Chai Chat at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I would really like to use this opportunity to, to, to invite um Anyone from any ethnic background, or no, or or well, I suppose we all have an ethnic background, right? Uh, to come and join us uh, Tuesday uh, at eleven thirty for two hours. Uh, that that is where I met. That's where I met you. That's Mm-mm. where I met um, some really great friends, and I'm going to call them friends. And this is sort of the mission of Chai and Chat is for 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 women to meet each other and create friendships. Yeah, and. Um, it's it's uh, it was a, it was one place to to find friends. Another one was to join uh, groups of interest, which I did. I, I have some interest in writing, and I joined some writing groups here. Mm. I mean, there's all sorts of groups here that you can join. So um, uh, to meet to meet people. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because you are doing all that work to like find people. If you're listening to this, uh, definitely come to Chai and Chat. You know, yes. it's a really cool place. And for me, I think because I was a student, I've I've always been a, in a student sphere. And now that I'm working full time, it's always like I'm I'm looking for friends in the wider community and yes. not just students. You know, it's time for me to move on. You know, I'm no longer a student. There's Chai and Chat. <laughs> There's Chai and Chat. <laughs> There's yes. and, and, and also uh, places of interest. But as you say, uh, you, you kind of got to get out there and, and just try and uh, I mean, for, for me, this this has been sort of my my work for the past since I came here in November. I was like, I was really uh, I, I made myself busy making friends, and I and I I think I um, and and then of course I was um, the way I st- I I, um, I stumbled across Chai and Chat and the Needham multi ethnic communities. I, I was looking pe- for people from my country as well to ah. see if there is anyone around. And uh, uh, well, through Chai and Chat because I didn't find anyone <laughs> online, but through Chai and Chat uh, I met um, uh, I, I met uh, Iram who was uh, uh, who, who knew somebody who was from Bosnia, and mm. she was like, "Oh, well, let me give her, give her your number." And I said, "Yes, please do that," you know. And then she never called me, and I'm like, 
Imam, she didn't call me. Why don't you just give me her number? I'll call her. And then when I called her, we were laughing because I said, look, I've, I've, I've done this before because wherever I go, I try to meet people and make <laughs> friends. And I, sometimes, you know, you, you know, you're going to like somebody and you just, you just have to make a little bit of effort. And, yeah. and you know, uh, so she, so this uh, woman, uh, she introduced me to other people from ex-Yugoslavia because we speak the same language. Ah. And uh, and there is a small group, a, a very small group. I mean, it's not like an organized group, just a uh-huh. bunch of people meeting. Uh, but it, it's a- actually really nice to have those different groups that I can, I can hang out with and, yeah. and that that I can yeah. um, interact with. And here. your children can play with their children, and you know, yes, that really yes, helps. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And uh-huh. and uh, well, although they always speak in English, <laughs> because uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just you know, try and, and you know, not always, uh-huh. but but of course, uh, this this environment here, it's like um, uh, really a very um, how do you, how do you call it? monolingual mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a, in the the sense of interaction with people? I mean, yeah. we all have to speak English, really. Yeah. So uh, English becomes a d- the dominant language yeah. to to even f- for bilingual kids, yeah. which is which is what I see now in my daughter, who is so much younger. So she didn't yet acquire my language to the point of where she's going to use it more than she will mm-hmm. English, because English is now her primary la- language, and even in this short time. We've only been here since November. Yeah. 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 And you are a busy woman. You <laughs> raising kids and like coming here, meeting people. You also have a really distinctive passion, which I really wanted to talk about. You have a blog called Choosing Easy. Yes. Yeah, and it's on productivity and personal development, which I love. So tell me all about it. Great. Um, <laughs> okay. That, this is something I love talking about. This, this, this was one of the, uh, one of my, uh, um, COVID, um, induced, uh, actions wow. because I started this blog. I mean, I always thought I, I should, I, I always wanted to have something like a blog, never thought, you know, I could, but then when we had COVID back, uh, back at, um, home and we had our, um, the, um, uh, uh, lockdowns, uh, and then, you know, everybody was doing something online. So I thought uh, maybe this is the time, but also it was, it was, it was sort of just after, after my 43rd birthday. And I thought, well, if I don't do this now, I never will. And then I started this blog. And of course, you know, you, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm putting my, stuff out there I'm putting like mm. it's sort of like your show you're really yeah. exposing yourself in a way that is not comfortable at the beginning uh-uh. but as you said uh, it after a while, after doing it for a while, because I remember when I when I wrote my first blog post, and I was like, oh, "Should I publish? Should I not publish? Is mm. this good enough? Is this not? Who's going to read it?" Well, you know, it, it, nobody's really going to read it for a long time mm. <laughs> until until your blog gets some traction, or or you you uh, you know you. And, and even like when you think your friends are all going to read it and they might judge you or not judge you, mm-hmm. most of them are not going to read it. You know, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But but uh. every now and then there there will be a friend with a passion for the same thing like you. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, I, I always was very passionate about self-development and I'm always uh, improving myself, reading, always reading self um development books and uh, and I think I have I, I do have some authority on the subject of, of different um, especially on the subject of productivity and organizing because I feel like I'm the most organized person I know mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that it's important that you know yourself yes. you know that 
this is something I want to do, and you you did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I I I understand that feeling of like the first time putting yourself out there. There is a lot of like judgments coming from yourself. From yours, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's no, really judging. No one else said anything. It's just you're, like, you're just overthinking things. That's yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So what is choosing easy blog? Yeah. So so um, I started this blog to write about these. Things of interest, and I try to niche it a little bit, so it's not it's not because I've got many interests, but um, so I, I I mainly write articles about productivity, as I said, and time management, self development. Um, I also do book reviews uh, uh, on it as well. Um, I'm um, I'm very um, passionate about. Uh, um, and doing things about about memory keeping, for example, and how to to, to organize, for example, your photographs, your your everything that I do, um, I try to put on there in a in in articles that can be useful for other people as well. But why I call it choosing easy is that for better or for worse, it's not always the best thing to choose the easy way. But uh, I do tend to go the easy route uh, whenever mm-hmm. I can. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and it, it is, it is sort of my way to choose the easy way of, of in everything. Mm. Yeah. And you meant, when you say choosing easy, you, you mean time efficiency wise, right? It, time efficiency wise, but also, um, uh, exactly to, to, cho- to not make things difficult for yourself. And, and, and a lot of times we do make things difficult for ourselves for no reason. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we spend a lot of time doing something. And and uh, and I, I will always forever be repeating this this um, uh, quote from I think it's from P- Peter Drucker or Drucker Drucker um, that says uh, the the saddest thing and I'm I'm don't have the exact quote but this the saddest thing is doing the thing well that doesn't need to be done at all and. When I first read that, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I do so many things so well that I don't need to do <laughs> at all. That is so true, right? I mean, how? I mean, think about it. You know, how often do you do something? You know, efficiently. Yeah, and you're proud of it. Yes, but I didn't need to didn't do it. Need to do it, and then. And this is at my last job um, that I had back at home. They they called me. They actually wrote this as my kind of on, as on my goodbye uh, gift. Uh, Stella, who always questions the uh, why we do things, because I was like, <laughs> why are we doing this? Why do we have this report? Do we actually need this report? Is this report useful, or are we just yeah. doing it because we have always done it? Maybe it's no longer needed. Uh. And when you go around your life like that, you'll find a lot of things that you don't need to do. Ah. And thank you for teaching me all, all this, you know, because you've gone through a lot of phases in life and I'm starting like a, a new phase, which is like a full-time job. Yes. And that is actually really helpful for me to think about my priorities, you yes. know, because there are things that's actually not going to be very beneficial for me, but I'm going to do it anyway because it feels good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. So we're going to wrap up this okay, interview. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much, Stella, for sharing yourself with me. Is there any last words you know maybe a quote another quote because I love that quote so much there should be another quote for you to end I do actually have some great quotes uh, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to uh, and here's one okay the relationship you have with yourself is the only constant relationship you'll have in your entire life and this is by 
Kajal Pandey, if I've pronounced this right, uh, I don't know. But th- this this quote I have written all over the place because I think this is all, this is why we do self improvement. We we learn about ourselves and and we know we we and that that is the relationship that that really needs nurturing mm. that we very often forget about. Mm. From that quote, what I understood is that. Uh, if there are times where you have to choose others or yourself, uh, like think about how in the long term how it affect you, yes. rather than how it affect other people. Yes, uh. it is. It is the because when you when you have this because when you nurture this relationship with yourself uh, and you know yourself, it is it is your constant. You're going to stay with yourself your whole life. I mean, other people can come and go, but this is you. So when you know yourself. It is. It is. I feel like how you're going to uh, contribute to others as well through mm. knowing yourself, yeah. and and that's how you can give yourself as well. Yeah. For the way in the in a way that's also beneficial for you. Yeah. 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 I, I think it, it is a self discovery to learn about what you want to do in life yes. and not what you are expecting yourself to do. Oh my god, yes. That's yes. that's a big that's a big thing and that this is something I wrote about several times because we all do what we think is expected of us. Ah. Oftentimes it's not really expected we think it's expected. Yes, yes. But really knowing what we want. Ah. I mean, I'm 44 and I'm still figuring that out. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I have a long way to go then. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or know more about your blog, where can they find you? Uh, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much on all social media, but my blog is www.choosingeasy.com. Mm, that is very easy. People can easily find that. Yes, yeah. Choosing Easy. Yes. Thank you, Stella, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed this. That is the end of our episode with the Arenality today. I hope you learned a lot about Stella, about raising her third culture kids and choosing the easy way in life through productivity and personal development. If anyone would like to contact me, you can email me at aizalarina at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.